Hey y'all, what's up? Thank you for tapping into the Total Package Podcast. Um, so today is day four of Kwanzaa. Um, today is also my nephew's birthday. He is a teenager now, and no, his TT is not ready. Um, <laughs> because I just can't believe that this kid is like, yeah, he a whole teenager. is going by so fast. Um, but neither here nor there. Happy birthday, TT teenager. I can't call him TT baby no more because he dang sure ain't no baby and the boy taller than me. <laughs> but, um, yes, happy birthday to my Allian view. Um, so today, what we're going to talk about is, like I said, day four of Kwanzaa, which is Ujama, which means cooperative economics. What we will notice as we go through each of these principles of Kwanzaa, one of the main ingredients of them is the idea of us doing things together and doing it, you know, in a united way, which is probably part of why unity is the first principle. Because unity will allow us to be able to operate in these other principles right in more beneficial ways in more positive productive prosperous and purposeful ways right and all of those pieces are embedded in what kwanzaa kind of means overall right and so the the definition of this principle is to build and maintain our own stores shops and other businesses and to profit from them together right and when I think about store shops and businesses, I think of literally any facility that is geared towards addressing something that we need, whether it's a good or a service or a program or whatever have you. And so when I'm thinking about, um, you know, kind of how to maintain, well, let me, let me pause for a minute because I don't want to really get ahead of myself. I do want to read from the Kwanzaa website. And again, I am going to continue to post this website link in every episode for this Kwanzaa season or this Kwanzaa celebration this year. Um, so the, the block that I'm going to read is the first block w- within the page for Ujamaa, which is shared wealth and work. And so it says... The fourth principle is Ujamaa Cooperative Economics and is essentially a commitment to the practice of shared social wealth and the work necessary to achieve it. Ujamaa literally means familyhood and suggests a sharing of work and wealth in the manner of a family, right? Which we are. We are a huge family. It grows out of the fundamental communal concept that social wealth belongs to the masses of people who created it and that no one should have such an unequal amount of wealth that it gives him or her the capacity to impose unequal, exploitative, or oppressive relations on others. And I'm not sure what the point 43 means, but (laughs) that's there. Um, It then goes on to say, sharing wealth is another form of communitarian communitarian exchange i.e sharing the sharing and cooperating in general but it is essential because without the principle and practice of shared wealth the social conditions for for exploitation 
oppression and inequality as well as deprivation and suffering are increased right so basically if we're not working together then we leave ourselves open to any and all of the negativity i.e look at the world we live in today mind you this was established in 1966 if they knew this in 1966, how have we gotten to the point that we're at today? People talk about how bad it was during slavery, but to a large extent, it seemed like most of the slaves still had the idea and concept and understanding of this ain't it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm... I'm you know, and then it, it kept resurfacing throughout history, right? So the last part of this, well, there's two more, two more associations. Um, it says, thus, let me actually make this my full page. <laughs> so it says, thus, as President Julius, ooh, I apologize, Mr. Julius or President Julius, um, of Tanzania or Tanzania I've heard it's pronounced both ways um, but you know as you know as this president did in his discussion of Ujamaa says Ujamaa is based on the assumption of human equality on the belief that it is wrong for one person to dominate or exploit another and I'm gonna add one person or small groups of people <laughs> on um and on the knowledge that every individual hopes to live in a society as a free person able to lead a decent life in conditions of peace with his or her neighbor ujama um tells us which what they say the president's name um tells us is above all human-centered concern um, all human-centered, concerned foremost with the well-being, happiness, and development of the human person. And the assumption is that the conditions for such well-being, happiness, and development are best achieved in a context of shared social wealth. Moreover, the president states that Ujamaa rejects the idea of wealth for wealth's sake as opposed to wealth for the well-being for all. Yes. Everything has to be for everybody because it's bigger than all of us. And he notes that Ujamaa is a commitment to the belief that there are more important things in life than the amassing of riches and that if the pursuit of wealth clashes with things like human dignity and social equality, then the latter will be given priority. In the context of improving and ensuring the well-being of the people, the creation of wealth is a good thing and something we shall have to increase. But he concludes that it will cease to be good. It will cease to be good the moment wealth ceases to serve humans and begins to serve and begins to be served by humans. Which I feel like we at that point where humans are being Money being served by humans because people up here chasing it. They chasing that check. They got to go get the bag. They got to get the check. Mm. So, 
Yeah. So this whole idea of Ujamaa or cooperative economics, um, basically telling us that we just need to work together in order to establish the future that we want. That is the continual and consistent, consistent kind of overarching thought um, throughout each one of these principles in Kwanzaa. Um, and so as I think about the ways that we maintain our own stores, I think about the fact that we really all fantasize about Black Wall Street as if it could never be again, as if it's this far away, you know, part of our history that we could never manifest again. Um, it's like we've somehow forgotten how to reestablish ourselves in those ways. Like we don't have the skills, we don't have the knowledge, we don't have the human capital, we don't have the desire. We don't even know how to get to the desire to even want to bring these things into fruition. Right? Um, and so to me, that seems a little off. And I know that we know how to do these things, right? I know that because I know that there, ha there are blueprints that are out there for us to use. They've been left behind. We talk about all of these great scholars and historians that we've had in our community. Their work is out there for us to utilize and to actually implement as opposed to us continually running to another people to get their approval on how we do things and how we operate and how we look and how we talk, right? Um, so instead, um, instead of thinking about it as it's only meant to be a part of our history, you know, and not part of our future, we have to think about how we can actually make it part of our future, right? The reestablishment of quote unquote black wall streets, right? Community, basically communities and cities full, full of us as successful, prosperous, happy people. Now, not to say that we have to have all the technology and all that stuff, but not to say that we have to be like, you know, in the woods and in the jungles either, because not that's not necessarily where everybody is at. But we can have, you know, ugh, I don't necessarily care for the word, but we can have a spectrum of, <laughs> of different neighborhoods and communities based on where people are in their journey of reconnecting with the ancestors, right? Um, and the idea is to not really be so much into all the tech stuff, because that's not beneficial to us, really. It requires too many natural resources and it requires too much manipulation in order to even have these things and to operate them, right? And they're not even healthy for us, right? These things is getting us sick left and right, but we're constantly working with them, constantly having them. That's why sometimes I just, I just put them away. <laughs> but anywho, so thinking about how we can bring Black Wall Street back into our future, um, for me, I kind of think of one way or one potential strategy that we can use to get started on a smaller scale, right? Is so in my educational journey, I've come across a lot of people from a bunch of different places, right? Asian people, Indian people, um, African people, Caribbean people, everything, you know what I'm saying? The whole gamut. I've just come across those people because of the things that I've been exposed to. Um, and the one thing that I learned from continental Africans in America is that um, they form these groups where they pool their financial resources every month to help a family or however many families they decide to help that month um, financially. They give them money. So they all put money in this pot 
And then each month, a different family will get money, right? They'll get extra money to do with whatever they need to do, right? Um, and so a lot of times that goes towards something that will benefit the whole home, i.e. the family, or something that will benefit the community at large. And so it could be if they need to pay a bill, right? Because that bill could potentially be an essential thing that allows them to continue to contribute to the the community and the group, Right. Maybe something going on with their car that month that came up and they just so happened to be the family that was coming up to get that money. And, ooh, just in a nick of time, right? Um, and of course, you know, people can choose to help each other outside of that as they can and as they please. But that is something that as a community of them that they do, right? So depending on what country they're, they're from and what city they're in, they'll do that. Um, I'm not sure if they kind of cross-mingle, um, but I know that that's something that... Um, I've learned that different African um, African groups do, or people from different African countries do. I was trying to figure out what was the, what was the word I was trying to use, <laughs> but people from different African countries. Um, so yeah, and I think that's freaking amazing, right? And we always see them hanging out with one another. And they be having stores and establishments, right? And people just be swearing up and down. It's like you have to really think about it, right? They're showing you on TV that they that they out there butt naked with bugs flying all over them, big belly, skin and bones. But they coming over here with businesses. You know, starting businesses and being able to bring more of their relatives over here. Like how? You know, so... They, they have to be able to be doing something in order to acquire the money to be able to do that. And it can't be that they're just really that poor because one, how the hell they get here in the first place, right? So no, um, but um, granted, I know that that process varies, but the point is the economic support for one another um, and the benefit from it as well. And so um, that's part of how like I said, the African shops and restaurants and stuff around the U.S. exist. And that is the, that is essentially how a lot of other groups operate, right? Like Asians and Latins and, you know, Europeans and all of that. Like all these groups, uh, religious groups, all these groups kind of operate like that. Now, if we take that same concept, right, because Kwanzaa is a mixture of, you know, American and it's the African diaspora type of um, holiday, but it was started here in the States. Um, but if we, from the States perspective, right, because we don't necessarily do that. I've never heard of black people doing that. However, I know that, um, it sounds like that was something that they did at one point, And at least they do that in the sense of food, but we can do that economically as well. And so, um, one of the ways that I think about what I was just talking about with regards to the continental Africans is the, you know, recall those flowers or whatever those things that was going around at one part. It was like flower pots or something where it was like you put money in um, and then you like you would put money in and then you get like a big payout. Now, granted, of course, like most things in this country related to quick money schemes, they are schemes, right? They're scams and schemes. Where did that get us with all these people that got that money? I couldn't tell you. Did they start businesses with that money? Did they really help their families with that money? Or did they just essentially put that money back into the consumer market, right? Now, if we take the better part of that idea, right, which is essentially what the Africans were doing, is you put money in there 
And, you know, you all decide on how much every, every family contributes and you can do it by household, right? You put the money in there um, and then you, you get that big payout at one point, at, at some point. Um, but if we take part of that and we use it for the benefit of the community, I would say we could use, for example, like the churches, right? Since we give churches hella money, like I'm definitely, 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 I got to tap in with uh, Trey to talk about doing the episode on these black churches because he sent me some information and these people be getting billions of dollars every year and what the hell do they do for our communities for real, for real? I'm not playing no more. But anyway. So, let's say we use the churches as they are supposed to be used for, which is for the benefit of our community, right, and our spiritual health, right, but they up here playing, so we ain't doing that no more, so you're going to be held accountable, and the churches every year have to contribute at least six months of the tithes to start buying property in the community and reestablishing more natural and culturally relevant lineage ensuring and purpose-sustaining establishments within our neighborhoods. As opposed to them allowing the parasites to come in and gentrify our communities and neighborhoods. Right? Because these are things that we can do. These are things that would benefit the community. These are things that are actually practical and possible. Like, we could literally do these things. I'm sure because some churches are like 5013Cs or whatever have you, there, you know, there's some potential things. But like everything in every community, there's ways around everything in order to get stuff to where you're legally functioning, functioning, right? Until we, we're able to break free and do our own for real and not have to worry about nobody. But it's possible. It's very possible for us to do that as opposed to these pastors running around here dripped, <laughs> looking immaculate um, in our community, starving, right? Starving of life, starving for business, starving. We could actually be rebirthing our communities, reestablishing and restoring them. Why don't we have stores and grocery stores and markets and stuff like that that are owned by us and our communities but our churches be looking amazing and our pastors and the, and the families be looking amazing like what what is that saying that is wrong that is not us using our economic power in a way that's beneficial to us that is the one place where we literally like we have obviously religiously <laughs> been being cooperative with our economics in that way because we're always giving money. It don't matter if you only had a dollar that day, but the church got 300 members or a thousand members. Everybody gave to that pot. So you could best believe it's more than a thousand dollars in that pot. And that money could all be used to actually benefit our community in, in bigger ways, as opposed to us talking about some we having these these free food giveaways where we're giving away damn near expired food, we can actually establish grocery stores or farmer's markets within our own communities to actually have fresh food. We can go buy plots of land so that we can have gardens to then bring to said markets to have the fresh food. And then the, what is that? Jobs for the people that live in the community. What is that? Us reestablishing and relearning how to take care of ourselves. And everybody is cooperating in the process. And all the money that's made from the garden, from the farmer's market, from the stores, all that money goes back into the community. That's how it should be. We go out we go out of our way to give other people our money. 
We go out of our way to sustain our oppression and our subjugation. And we should not be doing that. That is obviously that has not been beneficial. So <clears throat> moving on. Um, so at the panel I went to um, a few weeks ago for um, New Era and Cre Creative Group Economics and Black Gold Nation out here um, in Houston, the pa there was a young man, the youngest person on the panel, he was educating basically everybody in the room well, to my, <laughs> to my understanding, or at least me, right, um, on how he himself has been able to buy two homes on the block that he grew up on through a program that allowed him to buy those houses like pennies on the dollar type of thing. And I'm like, what? I, of course, and a lot of people in the room like, how did you do that? We don't know about these things, but other people do, and that's how they're able to gentrify our communities because we're not involved. What do, what part of... Um, what we talked about yesterday, right, is Kuji Jakulia was about us being informed, us being active and informed. Like, we need to know what's going on in our communities so that we can know where money is coming from, how to get money, and where money is going that's been given for us to use, right? He, he, he was an active person in that, and he was informed, and he was able to do that, and so... He had that mentality of, as opposed to letting somebody else gentrify my block, I'm going to gentrify my block. I'm going to buy the house, you know what I'm saying, fix it up, make it look nice, and then somebody from my community can then go, you know, buy that house or rent that house or however he de they decide to do it. But it's still, it's still remaining in the community and it's starting to help to, quote-unquote, beautify, because that's what they call them, right, beautification projects, beautify the community. Y'all got to Y'all got to learn a little... The little catchphrases and terms and shit that they be using. They be out here trying to be real clever with it. <laughs> Any word that sound like change, gentrification. That's all I'm going to say. Um, and if it's coming from them, for sure, gentrification. Um, so, thinking about what he did, right? Like, that, we got to save our homes. Because we know that, without a shadow of a doubt, we have the history. We have the receipts. That shows us, right, that these people won't because they haven't. And so for me, I'm like, so what makes us um, continue to think that they'll ever care or that they'll ever actually, you know, do right by people? Like how many people do you know or, you know, relatives or black people or communities that you know where black people living in these fucked up as apartments or projects and the landlords are some white people or some Indian people or whatever, but they don't take care of their property and the people damn near living in the slums. I remember when I first moved out here and I was trying to find me a place and I was so mad because the man was African. I was just so, so upset. This man literally tried to say... Where I, where I live now, I pay ten fifty. This man tried to try, and this place looks beautiful, right? It got its problems, it got its issues, but compared to that place, oh my goodness, this is a ten star hotel. But this man tried to rent out a place for a thousand and fifty dollars that looked like it had been flooded out, left to rot. They did a partial bathroom remodel. They had some weird little old school, like, uh, Elizabethan type. Not even really Elizabethan, but it had kind of like, you know, the Beauty and the Beast type of furnace oven type thing. I don't know, but it was like mold and stuff. And it was just like, 
You expect somebody to pay you ten fifty to live in this, and you this is this is move in ready. You can't be serious. Would you live in this for ten fifty? I know that in Africa, some places are bad, but you got me fucked up if you think even Africans are living this bad. They would not put themselves in harm's way. Why? Because they actually know how to interact with, with nature and the nature around them. You trying to have somebody move into something that's probably contaminated with some shit that could really cause them harm and kill them. And, you, and you're serious. Straight face. Yes, it's ready. <laughs> live in this motherfucker for one night then talk to me about it being ready for somebody to live in here you got to be kidding me I was like wow that's crazy right and so I'm just like that's not us like we don't operate like that and we can't operate like that like he would have done better and what would have been ideal right is Knowing that there are people in the community that could actually come in and help to actually restore that place. Then you could put it on the market. Because it wasn't a bad space. But the condition of it was like run down, abandoned, shaddy, rotten. Like you about to die. You stay in here overnight. Like if you in here for more than 20 minutes, like lights out. And it's just like how have we gotten to the point where... We do this to ourselves. We're we're holding ourselves to the standards that other people operate in. And that's not even of us. Like, you wouldn't even let your family stay in something like this. But you're going to offer this to another person's family. What's off about your connection to your ancestors? That would, that would let... And, it, my, and I'm... I'm not to necessarily use the gender card, right? But I'm a woman. You going to tell me that it's okay for me to live in some shit like this? Like, you know you, the man ain't going for that, period. You would not even, you would not even fix your mouth to tell a man some shit like that. Because he'd probably slap you. <laughs> he Like, no, seriously. Like, come on now. Like, be for real. You know a man would probably slap you to hell right in the middle of this nasty, rotten, molded place. I ought to put him on blast, but I ain't going to stoop to his level. But I was just so disgusted that that man really said, and my supervisor went with me, and that man was like, yeah, it's ready. You want me to put my stuff in here just to die? Get up out of here and go to hell. But but we got to be able to restore our communities, right? And right across from that is a, a well-known um, project neighborhood or uh, it's some projects that are really kind of run down and apparently there are plans to, you know, essentially demolish them and displace all of those families or relocate some, some of them possibly who knows when dealing with these people, they literally just tell you, you got to go and don't give a damn what happens to you. But we're seeing that that's how this government operates. And that's why it's even more important for us to pull our resources together. So we don't have these experiences. And we don't have these situations to where we're literally so dependent on another people that at any moment they can make us homeless or poor. That's why we have to start. We have to start deciding where our money goes. Even in our churches, you need to go to your your member meetings. If you're a member of any church and you paying tithes, 
every time you go to church, you need to be going to the church meeting so you could be knowing what's going on with the money that comes in and out of that church, period. You are entitled to be there. And most of these churches are nonprofit, so you are entitled to that information. You are a public entity, and you're supposed to be serving the good because you don't get no money. Now, some of them, I think, can be private, but for the most part, I think they're public. At either rate, hell, if you a member, you privy to that information, and you get to know where the hell the money that you give it to that church go to. Every penny, dime, and nickel. End quote. <laughs> um, but, so, like I was saying, using the churches, right, we can start buying establishments and facilities so that we can start to do for ourselves the biggest thing that's needed for that is for us to really have that aha come to jesus or whatever glass shattered bubble popping moment of i just really got to give a damn about the fact that i don't want the life that i live to be the life that my children live or my grandchildren live and so in order for me to avoid that from happening i have to make some adjustments in how i'm operating and how i'm teaching and raising my kids it's always going to come down to the next generation because they're the ones that we got to teach to you know continue to um restore what has been uh manipulated and disheveled or misplaced right because we're not going to be able to do it in one generation no absolutely not we're like really really far gone but we have to start <laughs> right we're not too far gone to where we can't come back but we're we're pretty far out there to where it's gonna take some time and so we got to start that process and to start to imp imprint those ideas and concepts and understandings into our children right before they even enter this world and for the ones that are here listen get your kids involved in a program related to their knowledge of self their love of self their care for self their understanding of self their planning for self and etc So it's like, you know, it's really simple. Like, do you care about or even want a future? And if you do, then the question is, what does that look like and why? And now it's how can we get there? And for me, it's like this is one powerful way for us to get there. And us working with one another and pulling our resources as opposed to fighting one another all the time is one of the best ways for us to do that. Us pulling our financial blah words. <laughs> oh, it's raining again. Um, but us pulling our financial resources allows us to then be able to expand our opportunities to be able to teach ourselves whatever skills, knowledge, or information um, that we need, right? If we're buying up property to then you know, build and construct and develop to be schools or to be, you know, herbal centers or health centers or, you know, homes, <laughs> whatever it is that we're building with these facilities that we're purchasing with this land that we own, you know what I'm saying? Like we get to make those decisions because it's our resources and we don't have to follow another people's guidelines. This is our property. You can't tell me what to do. Right? Um, and so in order for us to kind of do that, and I get that a lot of what I'm going to say, um, is not, are not things that are going to happen immediately. 
right? But these are the thing these are some of the things that we have to start thinking about on a daily basis and start working towards on a daily basis so that we're actually able to manifest the future of us being able to provide protect nurture educate and all that ourselves and our kids and them to be able to continue that legacy so that our lineages are able to sustain over time right <clears throat> and so things that you know we have to we have to start to um kind of phase out and how we operate are as follows and in no particular order, but these are just a few things that I jotted down. Um, but going to school so that we can end up working for white establishments only and or as our end all be all. Right. I know college ain't going nowhere no time soon. I know a lot of these educational facilities are not going anywhere no time soon because we quite frankly just don't have the infrastructure to be able to do so right and so it's going to take time however we have to start in that process by understanding that yeah i'm going to get this degree in accounting but i'm trying to be an accountant for a black establishment or start a black accounting firm right and have black accountants that are working with black clients right we're aware that our community has a lot of money but we obviously misuse and displace that money by giving it to another people so therefore the accountants economics and or what do you, what are they considered economic eh. people that do economics i don't know what their term would be anywho but yeah they can you know kind of help us understand ways that we can re direct our financial resources and whatever right but the point is that we're not going to school so we could be working for jp morgan chase or for wells fargo or bank of america no those are not black owned institutions and those institutions do not benefit black or original people right they do not in fact a lot of them were started on our labor and they don't benefit us that right there tells you that's your evidence we don't fuck with you <laughs> i'm just saying i get the idea of you know that you got to start somewhere you got to get your foot in the door yeah but let the plan be that you're getting in and getting out not that you're getting in to stay in and never getting out to help our community but instead you're helping to destroy our community that's a no so as i said going to school with the plan and the idea to work for only white establishments is a no you can work for them temporarily but the point is that you're coming back to then lend all that information all that knowledge all those skills to teach our community that's going to then allow us to then be able to bring in more financial resources and resources in general especially human capital into our community the more we have from within, the less we need from without. Right? Because <clears throat> if we got it within, we'll have it outside of us. But we don't need to go to outsiders outside of our community to get what we need. Next, um, spending only with other, um, other people 60% or more of our income. Um, and this could be on another people's products, services, or goods, right? Any of those things, products and services or whatever have you. 
Um, I, again, I'm aware that a lot of these things are hard and are going to take some time, but these are things that we have to start working for. We should be giving most of our income to our community. Our Most of our income should actually come from our community so that our money is circulating within our community. If you go to any other cultural group and you go to their establishments, they employ themselves. Right. You'll have a select few that employ others. But a lot of times, especially for those really cultural type establishments like restaurants or, you know, things like that, it'll be only them. Now, anybody can have a fast food chain, so anybody could work there. But when it comes to doing things like making ramen or, you know, making Thai food or, you know, making some type of Dutch food or Italian food, a lot of times you're going to see people from that ethnic or cultural background working there. And you will hardly, if ever, see anyone else of another ethnic group. And if you do, they tend to be of the Caucasian... <laughs> Be nice. Anyway, they tend to be of the Caucasian persuasion. Um, so we have to get to that point. Now, mind you, there are a lot of different black books of different major cities or different cities throughout the country. And then we know that there are a lot of um, black kind of hub places. And then, too, a lot of... Uh, a lot of black people are starting to link each other's businesses on their social media platforms. So we're having more ways of being able to connect with, with one another. We just simply have to do it. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, pull those resources. Again, we don't have to have 15,000 damn sweater uh, companies. Y'all all make one big corporation and then just come up with your different designs based on your respective ideas or, you know what I'm saying? Just like every other company, hell, they got multiple products and different looks for all of these different things, just like candles. You got a thousand different damn scents for candles. They're all candles. So you can have a thousand different designs of sweaters. We already see that, right? But as opposed to taking those hits by yourself, we pull those resources. So, um, spending our money with ourselves, even when it comes to where we live, which is why we need to be buying property so that we can build the the places that we live in. So we know they're built right. We know that we ain't going to have no issues of mold or asbestos or poison or any of that nonsense. We ain't going to have no drafts of cold. And, you know, we know that we're going to build it in a way that is appropriate because that's how we would want to live um so next is also sending our kids to schools and extracurricular programs and pouring money into them instead of starting and building our own right we already have a lot of these programs out here and we already have a lot of people who are trying to start these different schools it's just a matter of us actually pouring into them so that they can actually start them which means that our teachers Right, could then work for those establishments so that we're then educating our kids. Again, all of this stuff is possible. It's not hard. It's really not. It just really takes the desire for people to want to do it. There are programs and organizations that are already out here now trying to do these things or doing these things. 
Some of them we see on social media. So connect with them and get in your position, whatever your role is, whether it's a teacher, a builder, an uh, electrician, a plumber, a uh, construction worker, whatever it is. Get in and play your part so that we can build the future that we want for our kids. Um, and so a lot of that is that we have to accept that we're going to have to start small with all of these things, right? Because we, we don't have the collective mentality that this is what we're all going to work towards and this is what we all want because this is beneficial to our existence and our future. We're not, we're not really there yet. We're getting there, but we're not there yet to where we could actually do this immediately, which is why I said initially to preface, it's going to take some time to do these things, but these are the things that need to be done. This isn't an exhaustive list, um, but it's a list nonetheless. Oh, I didn't realize I was going so long. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, okay. I'm almost done. Let me, <laughs> um, so real quick. I think the last two, yeah, so the last two is not buying and also teaching our children um, not to buy land. So we have to stop doing that. We have to actually buy land, right? And then we have to stop make, um, not making and teaching our children to not engage in asset acquirement, right? So we got to stop making decisions that allow, we got to stop making decisions that end in us having liabilities as opposed to allowing us to benefit from assets right um and so land is part of is part of what would be considered an asset but we also need this land in order for us to have these facilities establishments and centers for for us to be able to take care of ourselves whether it's feeding ourselves educating ourselves clothing ourselves um whatever the case may be we need these establishments and we need to be able to bring these establishments in ourselves. And we have to stop blocking ourselves from doing that. And the people that are in those seats that are blocking us from doing that, we have to remove them. Go, I don't care if you want to call it a whistleblower, a snitch, a tattletale. It don't matter. If you know that they're doing something that is harmful to the community or they're intentionally doing things and making decisions that are harmful to the community but beneficial to another group of people, let the community know so we can get them up out of there. Period. So, um, yeah, as I said, the aforementioned church ties would be a good way to start this process of building for ourselves economically because we give churches a whole hell of a lot of money and we really don't see the benefits of that money. Like, not in the communities you don't. When, to know what some of these pastors make and then to see what these communities look like, you should be ashamed for even being a member of these churches for letting these people play with you. I don't care what nobody say. Even if, and I know a lot of pastors. I'm close with a lot of pastors. I got deacons, pastors, whatever you want to call them, even in my family. But I don't care. It ain't about you. It's bigger than you. And you are allowing people to be very disrespectful and deceptive to our community and they are being a detriment and they are being destructive to our community and you should be ashamed because it's wrong and you know it's wrong you setting your kids up to you know to have better but the rest of the congregation and their kids don't that's not right 
when we got all this money and all these resources flowing in and out these damn churches and we not really seeing the fruits of the labor that people are putting in every day. I mean, just come on. It's doable. It's more than doable. So like I said, and this could be something that that happens every year. You can get together with your churches. It could be a whole little group. You know what I'm saying? We could have the, the church leaders get together and it'd be a broadcast communication about what, you know, what are some things that are going on. You know, people take assessments of their neighborhoods and then, you know, whatever their neighborhood needs most, that's what they get money for to establish in their community, to buy a facility, um, to then establish a place where that service or that resource or those goods can be provided to the community. And that could be something that we could do. It could be a collective pot. Um, and of course, every zip code ain't going to be able to get the same amount to that pot, but we still have every church that is our churches, predominantly our churches, all get together to pull the resources of the community because the churches get a whole hell of a lot of money next to taxes from black communities. Um, and then of course, like just being consumers of nonsense, but churches are places where we have more control over. So, excuse me. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> we don't have as much control. Well, we ain't really got much control over these brands at all, hell, because they ain't ours. But these churches is in our communities, and we can shut them down by not going. <laughs> How you paying any lights? So, but yeah. We can give... Um, so we'll know that because of the zip codes or whatever, that some zip codes will give significantly more than others, you know. But every everybody has to contribute to this. So that we can be able to establish these facilities in our communities and that they will be able to help and benefit our communities on a grander scale. Like this obviously automatically mean things like jobs and opportunity and opportunities by virtue of us buying land and building it up the way that we want it. Like we're going to need people to put all the pieces together in order to have the puzzle be complete. So, you know, these are things that we can do financially in our community and a church is one of the place or the church is one of the establishments that has lasted since slavery, right? Um, that has a stronghold on our community, but has not really benefited our community as of late. We need to either reestablish the church as a benefit to the community or get rid of it. And, you know, that's just one person's opinion. Um, but if it's not a benefit to us, why is it around? And don't make it about God, because I know God don't want us to struggle, so please don't even try to <laughs> try to throw that ignorant argument this way. That does not make sense. Um, and I'm not going to play the foolish game of trying to debate an illogical thought about why we're in the condition that we're in, because it does not make sense. No. So, use the resources that are at our disposal. Churches are at our disposal. We need to use them so that they benefit our communities. Um and of course, you know, other institutions like black owned banks and different things like that. But there's a lot of different ways that we can start to pull our resources together to be able to benefit ourselves. Right. Like I said, another way is for the different people in these respective industries to be able to come together and form, you know, larger businesses and partnerships so that we have. So that we're not having people, you know, have to put too much of their own resources out. But it could be a, a collective and cooperative effort, as the principal states. 
So once we really start tapping into and understanding how these principles can actually practically benefit us, we'll start to move differently. But we have to have these conversations and we also have to have the solutions to be able to do it. I just provided one potential strategy to get to a solution, right? And I know that there's a ton more out there, but we have to have these conversations and then we have to start implementing these solutions. People have to start getting on board. Um, but as you celebrate today's principle of Kwanzaa, which is cooperative economics, Ujema, um, please start to think about the different ways that you can redirect some of your income, right? I've talked about webuyblack.com, um, uh, Trey from the Manifesto Pod Show, he has a link tree on his page, so like, you know, I'll put some links and stuff in the description for this episode so that you, you know, you can get into and start getting access to some of these different potential services or products or whatever may have you. Um, but really start to think about how economically in your area you can find out where there are black slash original owned businesses and establishments or programs in your community that you can get involved in that you can start to redirect your resources towards so that they can expand to be able to provide our community with what we need so that we don't continue to go to another people to survive, <clears throat> especially when our survival isn't their objective. So until next time, I will holla at y'all later. Habari Kani.